For me, a big part of staying sane is having many moments of gratitude throughout the day. From when I wake up in the morning to when I go to bed, I'm constantly remembering things that I'm grateful for no matter what's going on in my day. If you have not purchased your 90-day manifestation planner, go out and do it now. It's on Amazon and it's waiting for you. This is a great tool to use throughout your journey to help signify certain goals you're trying to achieve. Be mindful throughout your day and give yourself and spread love through all things that you do. So before we start this episode, what are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for... Hmm. Today, I am grateful for peace because I am being triggered today by a lot of different things and by a lot of people, but I have a small light, like a ball of fire of peace that's sitting in my belly and it's like diffusing all this crap trying to disrupt my peace today. So I'm grateful for that ball of fire in my belly. All things are working out for me. All things are working out for you. So glad you tuned in. Let's get this thing started. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Welcome back. It is a beautiful day on this side of the south side. So I'm so glad to have y'all here with me again today. I'm excited about this topic all these topics really excite me because it's real life shit that I'm constantly going through or have overcome and it's real. Like it's crazy watching some of my peers go through the same stuff that I've been through, watching them pass through the same battles that I've already ran and fought through. And although my peers don't always listen to my advice, which is perfectly fine because it's your personal journey. It's just wild to see that this really is all a journey that we're all going to embark on at some point in our lives. You know, the spiritual journey, the journey to peace, happiness, and abundance, like getting in tune with your spiritual self and truly embarking on a journey to actually live your life, not just go through life, but to live your life with joy and peace. That's, that's a thing all by itself. So this episode is called Deal With Your Shit because if you're truly trying to be great, live great, and have some kind of impact on anybody besides yourself, you're going to have to initially dive deep into your own shit, embrace it, conquer it, and then progress forward. So let's dive right in, y'all. Okay, so welcome again. Today we are talking about dealing with your shit. All right. That title right there may even be a trigger for some people. So let it just settle in. It's going to be good. I swear it's going to be good to you at the very least. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Abraham and Esther, but if not, YouTube them because that is where my whole journey really, really started. Um, I had my own self-work going on before I found them, but I discovered them right on time in my path, and it expedited my spiritual hunt, I guess I can call it that, because once I got into that, into them, into their teachings, and reading some of the books, I realized that I had a lot of self-work to do. My spirit was not as pure as I 
thought it was. And um, if I really wanted to, if I wanted to be who I said I wanted to be, I had some work to do for myself. And um, they use this term. She used to say this term, get tuned in, tapped in and turned on. And that has stuck with me since I discovered them. It's been at least three years now. Um, I love that saying, get tuned in, tapped in, and turned on. Because that's exactly what's happening when you're on a spiritual journey. You have to get tuned in to your spiritual self, to the spiritual realm in, in general. You have to get tapped in to your why. Tapped into your purpose. Tapped into what the heck you're even doing on this earth in the first place. You need to get turned on. You need to get turned on to your purpose, turned on to what you came to do and who you came to be, and just turned on in general. Like life is meant to be fun and joyous and abundant and get turned on to that concept. You know what I'm saying? Get excited about that concept. Get excited about life. That's how I perceive the tuned in, tapped in, turned on. And I love it. I love it so much. So when I started my journey... I need a new word for journey, but that's all I could think of. But I started my, I guess my journey or whatever. Um, I had to, for me, I had to first figure out what I was even journeying to. I feel like journey is now a buzzword, which is why I want to think of a different word besides journey because it gets kind of cliche. But the journey of life, for me, I needed more specific specifics than just the journey of life. Because in my head, I'm thinking, well, we're all living, we all evolve, we all are born, and we all die. So the journey of life is happening regardless. But that's not what the journey is. That's not what the journey is everybody's talking about these days. We're not talking about you living, well, you being born and living or going through life and then you dying. That's not the journey that I'm referring to. All right? The journey that I refer to, my why, is that I want to have a life, I desire to have a life of genuine peace and abundance and authenticity. Like, that's what I, that's how I see my future self and my future life. At peace, abundant in my pockets, in my heart, in my, in my love, and I'm happy. I'm authentically myself and happy. And when I started to move with that kind of mindset and move with that being my journey, I realized that I had lots of rocks and boulders that are blocking me from being my best self, had living my best life, and receiving all the abundance that life has to offer me. So I realized three things in the beginning of my journey that affected everything after that. One, Nobody can take this journey for me. Nobody can literally hold my hand the entire time and walk me step by step on my journey of infinite peace and happiness. Like, nobody can do that for me. People can walk with me partially, you know, or people can even guide you, guide me from the outside, but they're not actually in the spiritual battle that you're in so they can't actually fight the battle for you another thing i learned was that people are seasonal and situations are temporary i'm gonna let that sink in and i promise you we'll go back to it in a little bit 
And the third thing that I realized is that love is the key, but love isn't always easy. And when I talk about love in this aspect, I love is the key to all dynamics and relationships, and it's not going to always be easy. But love being easy or love being difficult and love being toxic are two different things. And also, love roots in your own soul first. So if you don't love yourself first, you're never going to be able to properly give love or receive love from somebody else, even from your creator or spirit, because you do not have the love in yourself. And when I say loving yourself, I don't mean that you have to love everything about yourself and think that you are the most perfect person in the entire world. You don't. That would be great if you could do it humbly. You know, I'm all down for knowing your perfection, knowing your wholeness and knowing your greatness. Sis, I'm down for it. But you can love yourself. You can love yourself and still know you have work to do within yourself. Okay. So I learned those three things and that really got the ball rolling with my spiritual hunt for eternal peace and abundance and happiness. That's my real goal. Like I have business goals, you know, and I have goals to truly be an impact on the world. And I really want to heal, help and serve my people, our people right here in front of me. But when it comes to my personal goals and my career and work-life goals, I realize that they intertwine, but they are not one and the same. Even when you're following your passion, my personal goals and my work life career goals are not the same. They become more fun and more easy to accomplish because I'm on my right path and it's passion filled. But I have my own personal goals and strides for my own life, for my own healing that I'm going to always have. And if a person is constantly evolving, then that means that they are always in a they're always working towards being a better place to help you as well. So I digress. So let's go back to what the first thing I learned. Nobody can take this journey for me. So when I realized that, and I realized that because I would have, I had really good friends back then when I was going through some shit and they did their best to be there for me. And I love it. I appreciate it because they were. But when I was going through it, all of this that you're giving, all of, how can I say this properly? When I was going through what I was going through and I was in like an emotional and spiritual and mental battlefield, all of my friends that were supporting me and helping me couldn't pull me out of the battlefield. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a spiritual battlefield. They could not physically reach their hand down, pull me out and make everything better. No. I had to make the choice on my own that I wanted to change. And not even change. I wanted to change for the better. I wanted to evolve. I wanted to grow. I wanted to get out of this funk. Like I, I had to first believe that I was worthy of more and that there was more in my future. I had to realize 
that I was worthy of more and had to accept and believe that I was worthy of more than I didn't feel like in that moment. And I had to literally pull my soul and my mind out of this funk and fight my way out of that battle. Like, if you ever had a heartache, if you ever had anxiety, if you've ever been in a situation that was not your favorite and you had to all by yourself get yourself out of it, that's, I can't explain the feeling, but it really felt like a real life battle. And things that helped me along this journey, I had to read, I had to study, like I had to put myself back into a, my own little spiritual school. You know, because all this I had a great support system. But once I got out, I had to do my own self-work. And that's a self-work is a real thing. And so I started buying books. I started tuning into Abraham. I started playing um, meditations every morning on YouTube. Now I can meditate in silence. Now I can meditate um, with just on my own. I can make a meditation work for me at any time, anywhere. But in the beginning, meditation was not easy. And even now, when you have your mind just going all over the place, it's not easy. But it's essential. And so in the beginning, I just played meditations. During my morning, like getting ready, like getting dressed for work or brushing my teeth, I would just play meditations because I wanted to get into my spirit. You know, all that and agree with everything they were saying. Not because it wasn't true, but I was in a place that wasn't receiving all the love that was out there to, out there for me. So... Everything they were saying was hard for me to digest and swallow because I didn't believe it about myself just yet. But I played it and I played them. Sometimes I played them all day. Sometimes I played them while I was crying to get me out of my funk. Like, I swear, like, I played Abraham on YouTube consistently through a large part of my journey. And even now I still play it because it's a great reset. Um, So I had to read. I had to study, listen to podcasts forced meditations. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't let anything negative into my bubble because I had enough negative in my head. You get what I'm saying? I didn't need any other negative in my bubble. So I filled my whole, I I filled my whole human experience with spiritual things so that I could progressively get to the place that I wanted to be, become the person that I needed to be. All right. Um, so, yeah. The next thing was people are seasonal and situations are temporary. I love this saying, not even the saying, but I love this. Mm, this one, this little, this quotable segment, this quotable statement. Okay. <laughs> I love this statement because um, that's how I truly, truly, truly feel. I've had some crazy experiences with friends and relationships throughout the course of my life. And I remember always asking, like, why me? Like, what I do deserve this? Because I'm X, Y, and Z. I'm a great person. I'm a lover. And my mom used to say, baby girl, you love way too hard. She said, you love way too hard. You love people um, unconditionally. And everybody doesn't love that way. And so when the tables turn... And they don't love you back how you love them. You get hurt. And I was like, damn. Of course, when she told me that I was in high school, when it kind of all started, when I started, when all the 
difficult situations kind of began with friends, relationships, whatever. In high school, you know, um, she told me that. And it always stuck. And so as I got older, I was like, damn, she's kind of right. But it's not a negative thing, you know? Um, Loving hard and loving unconditionally is a positive trait. And just because everybody else does not lead with love or kindness or compassion doesn't make us, us lovers, us Pisces, us, all of us, it does not make us wrong for loving the way God loves. And once I accepted that as well, I stopped taking the heartbreak so personal. You know, um, I started to realize and understand that everything is happening for a reason, happening for a reason. So if this dynamic friendship relationship stops working because my creator realized something that I can't see. And that means that this is, this is not meant for me. You know, and if it's not meant for me, then Lord, take it. That started being my saying, and I still say this, like, please do not put anything in front of me that is not meant for me. Just don't let me see it. And if I have something or somebody that starts to, their motives are no longer positive in our dynamic, take them. I don't need anything negative in my room. I'm healing. I'm working on me. I don't need anything negative in my room. And I was always said that I constantly said that I was like friends drop like flies. Relationships ended in the most abrupt ways, you know, and I stopped taking it personal and started realizing that somebody has my back up there. My ancestors, my creators looking out for me. They can see these people when I can't see them and they know what's going on and they know their hearts and they know they're not good for me. So they ended my people that were seasonal, their seasons ended early, you know, and they situations that hurt. They were always only temporary. I started walking through difficult situations like, okay, all things are working out for me. I don't know why this is happening to me right now, but it's all working for my higher good. It's all working for my higher good. I literally repeat that all the time. It's all working for my higher good. It's just temporary. This is not the final straw. I am a co-creator. I wouldn't create the situation to be final. This is not my life. Like I literally talk to myself like, this is not my life. God, this is not my life. You know, it's not my life. And things started working in my favor. Like I started manifesting so many positive um, reactions. Like my car breaks down in the middle of nowhere. All things are working out for me. All things are working out for me. This is not my final story. And I manifested what? A new car in 48 hours. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to sell my house. And instead of trying to, well, rewind. I was trying to live in a place that wasn't as expensive. And I wasn't taking care of people. Hence, I had a, had friend, a friend living there not paying any bills. And in a place that I could sustain by myself, for myself, that was a place of peace and not a place of financial struggle. But I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how I was going to get there. 
I knew I had a timeline and I left it all to the creator. I said, this is what I need. This is what I desire. This is where I see myself. Trying to get out this house, bills piling up. It's becoming unmanageable. My friend is bringing negativity negativity into the, into the house as it is, but not paying any bills. It was just a hot, 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 hot mess. And then, boom, manifested a whole new place, rent-free, brand new. What? You get what I'm saying? Like, I manifested a positive reaction to a situation that I knew was temporary. But I had to go through the work of adjusting my mindset over the course of lots of time so that my default reaction is not, oh, I'm pissed, the the world hates me, oh my God, I want to die, to everything's working out for me. I don't understand it, but I know the creator got me. I know my ancestors got me. This is not my final story. It's working out. It's working out. And I tell you, Every difficult situation of mine works out. I have stories for days. And I say that because I want you to realize that going going through it, pushing through it is not easy. And it's not fun. A battle is not fun. But if you have a routine to reset you, if you have some kind of spiritual practice, I want to talk about that as well. But you have some sort of spiritual practice to get you right you you find peace in trusting you have find peace in having faith it may not you may not find peace in knowing the solution but it's not our goal to know the solution of every single thing just know what's working out if you know what's working out do you really do you really 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 care how it works out like when you're in a crunch in a painful situation when you're going midst of heartbreak, do you really care how it ends as long as you know it ends with you on top? Like, that's what really matters, right? So people are seasonal. If you can swallow that pill now, life will be easier. That pill is hard for me to still swallow to this day. Um, I have some weird attachment to my physical, um, not, I can't even, let me take that back. Cause it's not a weird attachment. We're spiritual beings going through the human experience. And so having an attachment to other humans, is not weird, but people's personalities are different. So everybody doesn't, doesn't get tied into, um, physical dynamics as much as others, but I'm one that does, you know, I, if I consider you my friend, I give a whole lot to you. I feed into you. I want you to grow. I want you to build. I want you to be the best you can be. And so I give a whole lot of myself to you. And when I don't receive that back, I'm okay with that now because I know what kind of lover I am. But I'm also in a place of being okay with whatever your love language is, but also knowing what I need from a friendship and a dynamic, you know? And if you cannot provide what I need from you out of a friendship, that's also okay I'm going to take a few steps back, okay? Because everybody's roles are the same in my life, and everybody's season is not the same amount of time. So if I feel like your season's kind of dwindling down or something, I'm just going to take a few steps back and observe, see what I'm receiving from this friendship. Is it? Am I really benefiting from being in this dynamic with you? Or is it just draining me? And that is that on people is seasonal. People is seasonal, okay? Understand that and life will be much easier. 
And when I say seasonal, I don't mean that your husband not going to be your husband forever. Let's just do that. I am saying that seasonal, a season can be your whole lifetime. Okay. But you know that you have people in your life that are really not doing anything for you. They're not growing you. They're not even inspiring you or encouraging you or supporting you. They're just there. They're just there. And let them go. Seriously. Um, so I also want to talk about knowing your triggers. There are a lot of things that I want to talk about in this episode, but I'm trying to keep it um, flowing and make and making sense. So um, I want to talk about knowing your triggers because that is very important to your own personal growth in general from all rooms of your life, from your business aspect, from your family aspect, to just your personal life and spiritual, excuse me, growth. Knowing your triggers is going to help you better know yourself, learn yourself, and be your true, authentic self at all times. Um, it's one thing to know your triggers. It's one thing to know your triggers. And it's one thing to address and conquer your triggers. Okay? So, when something or somebody triggers you, and I don't, the word trigger is constantly associated with anger. But that's not always people's reactions to stuff. So rewinding a little bit, to know your triggers, you also have to know your default emotion. And I talk about that a lot in my daily coaching life and on my social media. But knowing your um, default emotion is very important because that in turn also lets you see what your triggers are. Because let's say... Your def- Let's talk about me. My default emotion is anxiety. But if I thought that when we talked about triggers, we talked about anger, I would literally only think I was triggered when I got mad. But no, when my chest gets tight, when my heart beats really fast, when I feel tears welling up in the back of my eyes, I'm triggered, period. I'm triggered. I don't know who, what, when, where, why, but I'm triggered. <laughs> I need to go away. Okay? <laughs> so... First, know your default emotion. When something goes astray, when um, something's not going your way, when you feel a little bit out of control, what's the first emotion that you feel in your soul? Do you feel ang- If you feel anger, then that's very valid. That's your trigger emotion. But do you feel anger? Do you feel like you want to cry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel anxious? Like, get you out the sores, get you out dictionary, find some adjectives to describe Find some adjectives to describe exactly how you're feeling and start this work. All right. So like I said, for me, my trigger, my, my default emotion is anxiety. I know that I um, accept that, but now how can I combat that? You know what I'm saying? So let's just walk through the process of not just knowing your triggers, but acknowledging and combating your triggers. Okay, so somebody does something and it triggers me. Boom. I'm anxious. My chest is tight. I feel like I'm losing control of I'm losing control of my world. Um, And when I get girl, when I get anxious or irritated or whatever, I want to cry. I'm a big cry baby. So, okay, so I'm triggered. There's tears in the back of my eyes. What's happening? All right. So. In the previous episodes, I told you how when I first started 
getting all this funk out of my depression state. I used to pinch myself to stop myself from crying at work, right? So pinching myself was a way for me to know my trigger. Oh, I'm triggered. Pinch myself, reset, right? Pinch myself, reset. Okay. But at that time in my journey, I was doing that and I was pushing all those feelings back down to that place, that pit of my stomach. So that when I got home, it all released. It all came back up and I didn't try to work with it, combat it. I would just slump into this anxiety, depressive state and be under my pillows until the next day for work and do it all over again. Do it all over again. And I wasn't healing, you know, I wasn't truly healing myself. And so when I started to realize that you're not, you're still in the same funk. You're just faking it. You're faking it till you make it. You still have these same feelings. You're not working on making these feelings die. Like I want this to go away. And so what I started doing was, okay, boom, I'm triggered, right? Do I pinch myself? No. Okay. I need a moment. Let's say I'm at work. This happens has happened at work before. Multiple times in the beginning of my journey, multiple times it's happened at work. Boom, I'm triggered. First stop, I need a moment. And I take my time and I walk away and I find me a space that I'm by myself. Okay, Tania, you got a moment. What's happening? And most times than not, I cry. I cry first. I, I, I stopped holding it back. And I let it out. Got a good cry out. Okay, like, but I'm thinking, why am I crying? Why am I triggered? Why am I upset? All those questions of why allow spirit to bring those true feelings to light, to surface, so that I can deal with it. That can deal with the actual feelings, not deal with, I don't want to cry and be embarrassed at work. I want to seem professional. I need to get my things together. I don't want to feel like this. Instead of focusing on all of that, I focus on, yes, I don't want to feel like this. So how can I make these feelings? How can I handle these feelings? Why am I feeling this way? What do I need to do to make these feelings not take control of my life? And so the deep reasoning behind the tears, the deep reasoning behind the reaction, the anxiety, those came up, you know, one, I feel inadequate. I was a new nurse. I felt inadequate. I felt I couldn't focus on my job. I felt like I wasn't giving my best, being my best and doing my best. And so when somebody questioned what I was doing, boom, it tricked me because I already felt that way. You know what I'm saying? I remember um, this girl who I wanted to be friends with, but she kept on trying me. And so I couldn't. But I remember I was working multiple jobs. I was working in the hospital, but I was also working um, nice at a club. The hookah girl. What's up? But I was hustling because I was trying to get out of my ex's apartment because it was toxic and she was a trigger by herself. And I was like dying slowly. So I was hustling and also I had multiple jobs because kept my mind of what was going on in my home life, you know, but so I'm sleep deprived. I'm uncomfortable at home. I'm going to work. I'm feeling inadequate. And this girl work be like, you smell like smoke. Why you smell like smoke? Like making a scene in front of my managers. And I'm like, sis, triggered. But why am I triggered? 
Yes, she may be a bitch, but why am I triggered? Because I already was uncomfortable about what I was doing already. I had no safe place, I felt like. I couldn't go home. I couldn't go to work. And I was tired of crying to my friends about what I, the hole that I dug for myself. So I had to know my triggers, acknowledge my triggers, and actually combat them by myself. And I'm still to this day, I still get triggered. But I know how to, to work through the triggers. People ask me, like, and acknowledge that I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> and they ask me, like, how are you so happy? And my, my most common answer is, because none of this matters. And my parents hate when I say that because I truly am in a place like none of this matters. We are spirits living a human experience. Yes, I acknowledge that. And it's wonderful most times. But we are, at the end of the day, spiritual beings. We are energy. You know, and if we get too boggled down and too boggled down into this human experience, we lose sight of the real mission. And the real mission, like, first of all, life should be fun, period. Life should be fun and enjoyable. No matter what your religious belief is, our background is, we're not put on this earth so that God or whoever you believe is up there, our creator is up there to laugh at us struggle. They're not up there with popcorn, like, oh, she's about to fall. Get ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not our ancestors, our creator, the universe wants us to live a life full of joy, peace, and abundance. Like, money grows on trees. That's a real thing. Like, we as humans make it difficult, but spiritual beings, our spiritual guidance, our creator really try to make it easy as possible. You know, you want love? Let me find you a soulmate. You want purpose? I got your purpose. Just ask me. You know what I'm saying? You want abundance? You want money? Okay, money can grow on trees. No, we can't all make it, obviously, but like... People get so boggled down on a dollar, the concept of a dollar. And that's not what is going to bring you true peace, happiness, and abundance. It's not. It's not. All these millionaires talk about how money does not buy happiness. And people let us say, well, you're rich, so you can say that. But yeah, they're rich, and so they've experienced it. So thank them for their insight. They're rich, so they know it's not going to buy happiness, but they're human just like you. So if they're rich, you can get rich too, sis. Rich is just a mindset. All right? So we talked about triggers, talked about happiness. And, oh, before I end this episode, a spiritual practice. I've touched on it a few times on the previous episodes, but I want to really, like, really break it down so you know what I mean so that you can go home and do it like now so my friend and I were talking um she has kids we were talking a while back and she was like you know how do you feel about going to church um we both had the kind of same upbringing Christian background raised in churches and um now we're kind of on our own spiritual journey 
um, I think we both realize the spirits inside of us, which it is. Even the Bible says God's inside of us. God is part of us. Um, and we wholeheartedly believe the spirits inside of us. And so both of our spiritual journey, I believe, is more so of a diving in type thing versus searching out kind of thing. So we were talking and she was like, how you feel about church? I was like, you know, um, I don't really go anymore, um, but I'm not against it. I go every now and then. Um, but even that wouldn't be a full truth. I haven't been to church in a very long time. I don't, I'm really am not against it at all. Um, so I think some people need a place of spiritual community and the church can be one. All the teachings I don't always agree with, but if you can find a church that is open, authentic, and really just a spiritual community for your own personal growth, I don't see anything wrong with that. I commend that. Um, so I haven't been in a very long time, though. I personally don't choose to go there for my spiritual community. That's just my take on it. Um, but she said, you know, I want my kids to experience what I experienced as a kid, like the church plays and the recitals and the choir and the dancing and the children's service. She said, you know, I feel like I'm depriving them, basically, is what she was saying. I think they remember that your spiritual journey in your home is whatever you make it. I said, you know, you can have a spiritual practice and not go to church. Because one thing she said was, I could drop them off. And I'm like, no, if you're going to have them go to church, you have to go as well. You can't just drop babies off at church and you not be there. Like, <laughs> I love her. But like, no, the whole point is to show a spiritual front as a family. Not the point for the church, but the point for you in your home. You want to have a spiritual front as a family. You can't just, it's not going to stick. If you just sit in there, it's not, they're not going to learn anything. They're really going there for daycare. And going in for extracurricular activities, but not really understanding what it is behind, what the point of is behind it. That was so messed up. They will not understand the actual point behind church if you just drop them off for the events. And so I said, you need your own spiritual practice at home. And I said, um, that doesn't mean reading the Bible. It can be whatever you want it to be, but you need to have a spiritual routine that you practice at home for yourself and for your family. If you want to um, instill some spiritual guidance in them, you have to teach them. So I'm going to teach you guys how to have a spiritual practice. It's very simple. Um, honestly, you just have some kind of daily moment of devotion, meditation, um, reading something. If it, if morning time is not your time to shine and do it whenever time shows but it's best um received in yourself if you do it in the first thing in the morning or whatever you wake up if you're night shift like i am when you first wake up okay um just kind of devotion doesn't have to be in a bible but it can be in a bible it can be on the bible app it can be any kind of devotion book i have a few books that i use for devotion i'll write them down in the um description but my three favorite that I read all the time every morning is one, Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. Um, that one, well, I'm not going to say that. Okay, so <laughs> the first one is Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. The next one is Daily Wisdom for, Win for Women. 
the 2019 devotional collection. And then my last one is A Year of Miracles by Marianne Williamson, who's also running for president, y'all. When I saw she was running for president, I was like, I think I have her book upstairs. <laughs> it was very funny. But um, yes, so Jesus Calling, Daily Wisdom, and A Year of Miracles by Marianne Williamson. Um, I read all three um, every day. And I'm not perfect by every I don't read every single day, but my spiritual practice, my spiritual routine is reading devotion from all three of those books. And when I wake up, I do some writing. I do some movement. For me, it's yoga or stretching or walking my dog. I do some light movement. Some folks go to the gym and beast it out. And I'm not mad at you. More power to you. But I do some reading. I do some writing. I do some movement. Literally, that is my spiritual routine each day. And also, my yoga or stretching in the morning is not um, a replacement of some actual working out. But that is just making sure that I move my body intentionally at least once a day. All right. So, for a family, what I would do, I'm by myself. So, But if I was giving advice to a family, I would say, you know, um, you guys can do devotion together. You can read out loud. Let's say you do three books like me because you overachiever. Okay, cool. <laughs> you can read one book, one segment with your family together. You can even like have you guys all read a portion of the devotion out loud. Like each person passed the book around like in school. So yeah, I wholeheartedly support family devotion time. I did it growing up with my family and although I don't remember the prayer that we used to say or the devotions we used to say, because um, my mom actually took the time to write a family prayer for us to say every morning. Uh, <laughs> gotta love her. So although the actual prayer itself did not stick, the concept of having an at-home spiritual practice definitely did. And it was not, it doesn't have to be as fancy as my mama writing a prayer out for the family to recite. No, you can just get a book for devotion. You guys share a devotion. And also, if you do have kids, make sure that you take time to do your own personal spiritual practice. Maybe you meditate on your own, even just for five minutes. Just take time to sit with yourself by yourself and then take time to sit with your family and let, them, let their spirits grow as well. Um, that is all for today. A little more lengthy than the other ones, but this was fun. Chat soon. Thanks for tuning in. As always, don't forget to go to Amazon and get your Thrive 90 Day Manifestation Planner written by myself. Follow me on social media, Simone's Gold, S-I-M-O-N-E-S, G-O-L-D. And check me out online at www.venusxsimone.com. Peace and blessings.